Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola. I am Spud, Spud Goodman. Spud Goodman. Welcome, one and all, to our little radio program. I will state for the record before we get going here that I will be doing this episode under protest. Not like I'm kneeling right now or anything because you, you, you couldn't see me and so how powerful of a statement would that be really? But, but I am doing it under protest. I want everyone to know this. Due to the meddling and micromanaging of our executive producer, Lori Madsen. She's my sister and my daughter. There, I've said her name. What you gonna do? Fire me? Good luck, like I've said before, finding another guy named Spud Goodman to host this show. So, evidently, there is one of those focus group deals going on right now at some hotel room in Seattle. Uh, I'm not supposed to be saying this as I've been instructed. Just do my normal show. That's what they're telling me to do. And see what these people will say on their cards when they give their feedback. Just when I need a bunch of amateur radio critics spouting off on what I should be doing differently, right? I, you know, I, I just shouldn't have to be dealing with the long arm of Big Brother in all phases of my life these days. Anyway, that being said, I guess I need to get going here. I'll introduce, I want to introduce our designated laugher now. She's also, you know, she happens to be my aunt. But no, this wasn't one of those Jared or Ivanka kind of nepotism situations as she is an experienced and highly skilled professional. Just show them, Aunt Dorothy. Give them a top-notch chuckle. Oh, something like this. <laughs> Yeah, very well done. Oh, good. And now I'm supposed to introduce our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. No need to say anything as I, I've acknowledged that you're here in the studio. Well, I mean, I, I should acknowledge your acknowledgement, Spud. So, hello, everyone. I am so excited to be here with you. You're, I you're, really, not, here with, I, you're not with anyone but us, us, right here in the studio. Saying you're with the listeners right now is not an accurate statement. Well, I mean, someone could be listening right now and say in Sheffield, England, where we are aired, and that's pretty far from the Seattle-Tacoma area, like 5,000 miles as the crow flies to the UK. Okay, okay. If you wish to take what I said that literally, I am not physically in the presence of our listeners. You, you know, you're really a joy killer. If our executive producer is listening, I just want to say how thrilling I think it is to have a real focus group evaluate this show. And it only makes common sense. I got to tell you, but this might help us get to the next level. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, well, about that joy-killing label. That's what his pediatrician said to his mother, you know. Well, well, uh, well, at least one of them did, since there was a bit of a turnover with your doctors growing up, wasn't there, Spud? Yeah, but... 
Okay, I did have a lot of doctors growing up, and sure, a, f- a few of them told my mom that they didn't want to see me anymore, and one may have tossed out that joy killer label, hmm. probably because of my skill in self-diagnosis. Uh, no, a no, lot no. of them were very threatened by my insight into modern medicine. Uh, uh, they, I mean, they targeted me as a hypochondriac. Seek immediate medical help for an erection lasting more than four hours. It was just very unfair. Oh, yes. It sure cost your parents a lot of money, though, to buy all those home remedies you read about at the library. I never understood how one kid could think he had so many afflictions. I, it's quite simple. I was just being proactive, Aunt Dorothy. I enjoyed reading about, you know, medical breakthroughs and home remedies. I I could spend hours and hours at the library going through the microfiche oh, files, boy. you know. And when I was a kid growing up, it was, oh. it was awesome. Well, I got to look up the latest articles on, like, whooping cough and ringworm. Wow. I think I pretty much cured a really bad cold I had in the seventh grade with a vinegar and Tabasco sauce solution I read about in some magazine. Excellent. You know, I, I know we were advised not to pander to the focus group, but, but don't you think we should at least address them? <laughs> yeah, listen, I bet they would appreciate being acknowledged also, you know, just like the rest of us. No, there will be no butt-kissing here. Not if those people hate this show, then BFD. Uh, but, Spud, maybe you could just tone down the joy killing just for this show. Mr. Goodman, I'm supposed yeah. to give this to you. Well, It's from our executive producer, I think. Her name's Lori Madsen, right? Well, what is the question? What? Yeah, that that is her name. Okay. Uh, Hey, hey, that was our intern, Chance, and I've just been given a note from our illustrious executive producer. Just give me a sec. Just give me a sec. I think you're doing pretty good so far, Mr. Goodman. You might want to enunciate more clearly, though. Just a suggestion. Right? Uh, thank you for your input. Now go back with the other interns and continue to play on your damn phone. Hey, would you like me to entertain the listeners for a bit? Uh, I have some cute knock-knock wow. jokes ready to go. Hey, 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 you shut your face! <laughs> One of them is so funny. I heard it at church this last week. Um, this and thing it says, every- it says we're not supposed to talk about my joy-killing past. She, she said it might make the focus group hate me even more. Oops, my bad. Uh, you know, I do tend to agree that we should not highlight your shortcomings, Spud, because, you know, being likable is pretty important to audiences. I Frankly, I'm still amazed at how you've overcome being such oh. a... Oh, uh, I, oh, oh! come on. You want me to say it? It's not like he hasn't heard it before, you know. Spud is a bit of an you, Oh, well, I, I was going to go with jerk. Well, but, that but, works, too. Yeah, yes. But it is highly unusual that someone in the media, like Spud, could have survived on the air for so many years. People can't figure me out. They can't process me. I don't expect them to. You can't process me with a normal brain. Well, maybe because I have talent. I, <laughs> I am confident those listening right now in that... Focus group, I figured out that I bring a lot to the table. Dare I say I'm compelling? Or how about groundbreaking? I mean, I could go on and on, but I have to introduce our musical guest, who I will be speaking with a little later on in the program. All right, here is Madcap Pusher.
drives you mad And I am just a drunken lad Drink your night of night away Hi, this is Daryl Hammond from Saturday Night Live. You're listening to Spud Goodman, the Spud Goodman Show. Did you ever think it would come to this? Hey, uh, Spud, yeah. your first guest, Adam Scott, is waiting to speak with you. All right. You know, the last few years, this guy has been everywhere on the TV screen. Comedies, of course, but dramas, too. Did you see that HBO series, Big Little Lies? I think he was married to Reese Witherspoon in it. Uh, no, but, you know, maybe when they have another free preview week and my wife is at her ceramics class, I'll try to watch it. Uh, she she still won't budge on getting pay cable. No Bible stories for you tonight. I, I tried saying what you suggested, that no true American should have to go through life without at least having HBO. Well... I said Showtime and Stars, too, but Cinemax for her just might be pushing it too far. Ooh, yeah. You know, we did enjoy Adam on Parks and Recreation. It was an entertaining show. Well, he has a new show now on Fox. Put him on and we'll get the scoop. Yo, right, here he is. Please say hello to actor, producer, comedian, and podcast host, Mr. Adam Scott. Welcome to our little radio show. Hello, little radio show. Yeah. So you and Craig Robinson have a new show on Fox titled Ghosted that airs each Sunday at 8.30, 7.30 Central. You know, we love Craig on this program. He's a great guest. So though we don't know you well at this point, I'm going to go out on a limb and recommend everyone check out this show. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, we're excited. First of all, we're excited to be on after The Simpsons. It's crazy that we, oh, yeah. we, get, to, we get to do that. But also, we're just excited about the show. It's a action-packed, hilarious, crazy half hour of TV every week. We're kind of making a mini action movie, uh, mini action comedy every week. Wow. Um, it's, it's crazy. It's like a comedic X-Files kind of show. It's really fun. Uh, Spud, you know, I, I'll make a point to check out Adam's show. But, you know, he just mentioned that it was like The X-Files, and that was one show my wife would not allow in our house when we were first married, at least. So I'll probably be taping his show on our VCR and watching it again when she's at her ceramics class. Hey, Adam, just a second. What about The X-Files? Yeah, well, I, I was just saying that The X-Files was very dark and cynical about God and our country. Almost satanic, I would add. The X-Files was satanic? Seriously? Yeah, Spud, extraterrestrial beings are not creations of my God, and thus they must be the product of the devil. 
it's pretty simple to me. I hope I'm not breaking that wall really? you're always talking about. You know, you're so concerned with well, watching TV. I just don't understand why you get so emotional when others talk about the shows you watch. Oh, Gerald, I wouldn't go down that road. He's very sensitive about the programs he watches. Yes, I am. And number one, the X-Files isn't on anymore. And number two, I'm sensitive because I'm behind in most of the shows I watch on my DVR. And I hate it when someone blurts out what happened on a show before I see it. It's like someone telling you what it would be like sleeping with your wife right before your wedding night. It's a major buzzkill, man. Why would someone do such a disgusting act? Making a public statement about a prior sexual encounter with one's spouse? Now, in my case, I would immediately know that information was bogus because both my wife and I saved ourselves for our wedding night. You're going to stick with that story, huh? Whatever. Anyway, let me get back to Adam. Hey, man, I have returned. All right. All right. Well, let me ask you this. Um, You're the executive producer on this project, so you wear multiple hats. Does actor Adam Scott ever try to pull strings with executive producer Adam Scott, like a better trailer or extra rolfing sessions between takes? What do you think? That's right. The producer Adam Scott is constantly on the case of the actor Adam Scott to get his act together. They have not been getting along. Um, Sorry to hear that. Yeah, we're, we're having to kind of step in and uh, keep them apart. They're not allowed to, uh, to speak anymore just because it's just too tense. Well, maybe, maybe things will pick up. Okay. Well, let me hit you with this one. Regarding comedy, you have a pretty damn impressive resume. Some of the funniest shows done in the last 10 years or so, besides Parks and Rec, there's Party Down, Eastbound and Down, Wet Hot American Summer, and toss in appearances on, like, I don't know, Children's Hospital, Veep, and Comedy Bang Bang. Not too shabby, man. Thank you. So, yeah, I've been really lucky, you know. I've just been very fortunate. Right place, right time. I think you also got pretty darn good taste, too. I, I wanted to toss that out. Oh, yeah, maybe so. Maybe I, my taste isn't terrible. But you never know. Maybe I am just lucky. <laughs> maybe it's both. Yeah, okay, all right. Well, on the dramatic side, you've done quite a few projects also. Really enjoyed the vicious kind, or maybe enjoyed is Thanks. the wrong word. There really wasn't a feel-good experience, but it was, it was, it was uh, very well done. Hey, thank you. Yeah, that's, uh, that's one of my favorites. It's um, not as widely seen, but I, yeah, I love that movie. If you have cable, I mean, it was, yeah, you can find it if anybody hasn't at this point. So, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. It's on, I think it's on streaming somewhere. Okay. Well, in 2010, you starred in Piranha 3D. How much of a blast was that one to do? I mean, it wasn't a Sharknado, but still, you know, it must have been a cool experience. Oh, it was, it was really fun. Um, we shot at uh, Lake Havasu in Arizona where it's like a hundred, on a cool day, I remember it was 111. Yeah. Um, so it was very hot, but it was really, really fun. And Alexander Aja, the director, is brilliant. Um, I love that movie. I think it's really, really a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, hey, will you and Scott Ackerman uh, host a podcast on Earwolf? Uh, you talking you two to me? Uh, at what age yeah, did the band yeah. you two become the center of your universe? Did your right. love? Did your love for them go back to the early days when the Edge was bandanaless, or was it a little later? Oh yeah, we we uh, go from first album all the way up to the latest album uh, uh each episode we cover an album and we cover them all, all and then the, the, wow. the 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 uh the show kind of end, ended for a while after we actually interviewed the the entire band on the show so we kind of went full circle how uh, talkative was the edge 
Very. They're they're great guys. It was really fun. Oh, okay. Well, and, and they seriously are one of your favorite bands? Oh, yeah, for sure. Them and probably, uh, I would say, R.E.M., yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm with you on that. Okay. Well, so what does Adam Scott do on his off hours? Any interesting hobbies like spelunking or salsa dancing? And you can refer to yourself in the third person uh, again, as I feel you're a big enough star to pull this off. Not everyone can. It's often sad, but you could. Right. So I could say Adam Scott yes. Yes. loves to drive his children to school. That counts as a hobby because I enjoy doing it. Um, you know, lately, in the past few years, we've just been busy working. My wife and I work together, and so we've been doing that. I mean, I, I enjoy, uh, we have a dog, and so we as a family like to, like, you know, we bring our dog on walks. Is that, is that, does that count as a hobby? Sure it does. It's America. You can have any kind of hobby you want. All right. Well, you know, I, I know it sounds like you do have stuff going on. So last question. Um, this is my cliche uh, question. I, I'm, it's required in my contract. Adam Scott, what has been your most memorable moment in show business? Can you toss out anything like a little short thing for the enjoyment of our listeners? You know, I think, um, I think bringing the show from the, from the very beginning, from just an idea all the way on to... Uh, Sunday nights after the Simpsons is has been a really proud, uh, proud, proud moment. Just have, watching it through all of these stages and really helping push push it along has been a really fulfilling, uh, terrific experience. So I would say that as a moment has been uh, has been has been kind of the most satisfying and and, and fun. Uh, of of my career. All right, super. All right, well, I you definitely got stuff going on, so I'm gonna let you go. So I'm gonna remind everyone that you and Craig Robinson have a new show, Ghosted, now airing on Fox each Sunday night at eight thirty, seven thirty Central. Hey, we really appreciate uh, you coming on our show. Oh, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. All right, Mr. Adam Scott. The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. Spud, don't let me, let me in tears. Spud, don't let me for drinking my beers. He takes the spatula and puts it in the pan. And why he done that, I just don't understand. He grabs some pencil for quick relief. His indigestion is beyond belief. Spot Goodman! Spot Goodman! Spot Goodman Show! We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hey, uh, Spud. Yeah? I'm being told that our the show's resident psychic, Ted Marr, is holding for you. All right, super. Uh, do his plug and get him on. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, Ted Marr can be heard each Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. on KKNW, 1150 a.m. in Seattle, and on the web everywhere else. Here he is. Say hello to the Spud Goodman Show's resident psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. I have to admit, you know, I do enjoy saying the name of the show when I introduce, you know, people. I now know why Larry King would always say the name of his show so much. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so, but anyway, what I wanted to talk to you about was I was wondering what an average day in the life uh, of a psychic was like. You know, I, you know, I want to like dig down deep for for more information on this. I've touched on it in the past. Do you, do you have to ward off evil entities and spirits hoping to mess with you as you're in touch with them? You know, unlike the rest of us non-psychics. Oh, that is such a good question, Spud, and I want to give a gift to all your listeners that whenever you wake up in the morning or before you go to bed at night, cover yourself in a, in a cocoon, in a, um, in a cocoon of white light. And then you put a series of mirrors around it facing outward. You seal it with a prayer of gratefulness, saying that you're very grateful for the help, and you put it in a place for a short amount of time, 24 hours, and then you renew it every day. That'll give you a lot of good spiritual protection. All right, very cool. Well, as you're in communication regularly with entities from other dimensions, do you have like call screening or some kind of method to keep the annoying (laughs) spirits from bugging you nonstop? If not, I could see you getting nothing done as you'd be so distracted. Well, that's that's a good question. For example, let's say I go into a store and a crowd of people. I mean, I just don't open up the floodgates to read everybody's minds because I also respect their privacy too. So I put up my shield when I'm outside and I don't go into everybody's minds who I meet. I only go in with, with permission because it would just be a total, total overload. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, do you ever get the wrong number or entity when you try and communicate with someone? Like like you're trying to get a hold of, say, Marilyn Monroe, but you contact B. Arthur instead? That would be awkward. No, I'm serious. I, I haven't had that. I haven't had that that problem. Um, but in order to do an accurate reading, I always need two things: be of, of a good high energy and be in a good mood and be positive. That always helps to talk to the be other positive. side. That's hard um, for me, but okay. I would know. I don't think I could pull that one off. And and I was thinking the same things, but being positive is something you just can't seem to pull off. At least you're aware of it. Of course I'm aware of it. Why do you think my wives have left me? All of them said the same thing. I am really negative. Yeah. I'm working on it, but it's hard. It's, I just don't see a glass is half empty. I don't even see a freaking glass. Women don't like that. You know, co-hosts are not fond of it either. Look, now you're bringing me down and I can't go much lower and still function, so let me wrap this thing up with Ted. Just zip it. Okay, but what about you see some bad stuff coming your way when you're in bed, when you're getting ready to get up? Do you ever just like say the heck with it? I'm just staying in bed. That never happens. <laughs> some days I get the message just to, to stay at home. Yeah, some days. Not often. Not often. All right, all right. Not often. Especially when things don't seem to go right and I can't get a hold of anybody and I'm thinking, you know something? I just may just stay home here and pet my cat and hang loose. So I might do that. So. All right, that's uh, very special. All right. Well, I'm going to end yeah. this conversation as I bet you need to make contact with someone not now alive. So thanks a lot you know, for calling into the show again. My pleasure, but it's always fun to talk to you. Mr. Ted Marr. This is the Spud Goodman Show. That should be fun. I think I'll try that. Uh, Spud, yeah. Well, I, I just got a text saying that we're dragging a bit, and, and people in that focus group, uh, they feel the pace of the show is a clear problem area. Uh, uh, well, also, you, uh, well, it said it said it would be a good idea if you stop talking so much and let others get a word in sometimes. You're talking to me? Well, are you kidding me? 
This is the Spud Goodman show, well, not the other people talking show. <laughs> Who are they referring to? Well, I, I, I would think they're referring to myself and, and also possibly your Aunt Dorothy. Well, we never get much of a chance to express ourselves on this program, you know. I, I'm sure that that's what they're complaining about. Yeah, I agree. Hey, hey guys, See? do I have to bring up the highly respected and well-documented slippery slope theory? Tonight, a Kelly File exclusive. I mean, it, it's why we went into Vietnam in the first place. I've seen that, you know, PBS series, and they discussed it. Yeah, but I, I think it was the domino theory, Spud. I'm no historian, but I remember No, no, you're not. And did you ever really graduate from BYU anyway? Well, I mean, for all intents and purposes, yes. I, I may be a credit or two short of oh. my BA. I, I think I still need to retake a PE class or something, but that is just a technicality. Oh, After brother. all these years, I, I'm sure they're just calling it good. Uh -huh. You don't know that for sure, but well, didn't assuming. you put down in your resume that you are a graduate of BYU? I've seen your resume, man. Yeah. I mean, that is a slippery slope, if I've ever heard one. Yeah, facts and friends starts right now. I bet you cheat on your taxes too. You know, round up on all the numbers. <laughs> but I can <laughs> no, see. No, I'm serious. I can see what you're doing. It's called deflecting. When you are confronted with criticism, you try to change the subject and turn people's attention elsewhere. Well, that has been your go-to tool when others take shots at you, Spud, dear. Oh. I mean, you're not as good at it as our current president, but maybe you might want to at least occasionally accept critical feedback. I don't think it's going to happen. After all, that's how we all grow and change. Yeah. But, but again, with that slippery slope theory, where would it end? Am I supposed to bring Chance, our intern, back to hear what he has to say about stuff? Oh, you might want to watch him, Spud. I'm a little worried. I think he harbors designs right? on hosting this show. Hmm. He seems very ambitious, yeah. uh, so incorporating him into the show might end up costing you your job. You're picking that up. Which, I, me too. Well, you, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He, he would never be considered for that position over others who have more experience and better qualifications, would he? I mean, he's an intern, for goodness sake. Game has changed, yo. I rest my case. Another example of the slippery slope theory. Well, maybe so. But I know that that focus group costs some money, and this show probably doesn't have it to spare given the budget cuts going down. So why don't we at least try and listen to what suggestions we get? Um, um, you suck! What if someone writes down that they hate the co-host or even the designated laugher, you know? What? Maybe, maybe this show... Needs fresh blood, younger on-air personalities. Okay, then I will be filing an age discrimination suit. I may not love what I have to do on this here show. I'm basically a human laugh machine, like a trained monkey well, kind of. Bad, yeah. But yeah, but I'll be damned if I let them try to replace me with some stupid millennial laugher. I don't think so. Okay, uh, Dorothy, just chill. I will not let them, you know, get rid of you for some snot-nosed kid. Well, okay. That is if I'm still around here myself. Yo, Wait, you, what? I really think you both need to not be so negative and embrace this evaluation. Well, we'll see what you have to say when it's suggested we go with a hot young babe co-host. It's coming, <laughs> I bet. What? It's coming. Well, that... That would be a really bad idea. I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. Uh, just see if our next guest is ready to go before I say something that could get me canned. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, and, and Spud, I'm being told, oh, yeah, one of my favorite all-time actresses, Barbara Eden, is on the line holding for you right now.
Oh, yeah, I'm a fan too. I mean, I, I don't want to slobber over the phone, but man, she was so cool on I Dream of Jeannie back in the day. You know, I know genies aren't real, but gosh darn, wouldn't it be swell to have one? What are you people? On dope? What? I, I'm just saying, how neat would it be if we could have a real genie with us? You know, help us through the day. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. I don't think any woman, even your wife, would want to spend a whole day with you. Well, Not with all your disgusting habits like those smelly sardines you snack on. Hey, sardines are high in protein. You know, seafood is very good for you, Spud. You know, because a lot of people eat tuna. It's like a lot of people eat chicken. So it's like the chicken of the sea. Just put Barbara through, please. Yeah, okay, okay, here she is. Please welcome actress and author Barbara Eden. Thank you so much for coming on our show. I'm so happy to be here, Spud. Yeah. Well, as we begin this conversation, I will admit that I, along with millions of other teenage boys, were glued to the TV when your NBC sitcom I Dream of Jeannie was on. And later, with all the reruns, too, I never missed those. How many tons of fan mail did you receive every week? <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't know. A lot. I still do. Ah, uh, yeah. The show is still running all over yes. the world. So yes. I get a lot of mail from, you know, Europe, from Italy, France. South America. Oh, cool. Well, let me go back to your film career. Let's let's start there. In 1960, you co-starred in Flaming Star, our great movie, opposite Elvis Presley. Was that a normal set, or was it kind of wild? Because he was becoming the king of entertainment, the entertainment industry back then, so there had to be a ton of security, right? No, no, actually, it was, uh, you know, on, on studio lots, you have security anyway. Right. So uh, people are just all doing their job. The actors are acting, the crew members are doing their crew stuff. Um, Elvis was a lovely, lovely man. Um, and the the set was quiet, very quiet. His huh. father was there, he had two friends with their guitars, but they played music in between sets. You know, we, we were out on location, too. It was a Western. Um, yes. It was the one movie that Elvis did where he got good reviews for mm -hmm. his acting. Mm-hmm. He was a good actor, and he wanted to be, and he was very serious about this part. Um, so it was, it was, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. I enjoyed knowing him, and uh, <laughs> it, was, it was lovely. All right, super. Um, when you were cast in I Dream of Genie, I was wondering, did you, did you research what a genie might do and say? Uh, I'm just, you know, it's an interesting challenge, that part, maybe. Actually, I did. Yeah. <laughs> there are all kinds of... Genies, actually, they're jinns. Oh. Um, in Arabic, it's probably J-I-N, jinn, and it's an entity. It's a, uh, a spirit that moves across the desert and can become any form and do anything. Of course, there are the stories of Thousand and One Nights, of course. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, I, it was fascinating to me. I enjoyed looking up the background. Well, was it a relief knowing that you'd be wearing the same costume each day on the set, or did it get old after a few seasons? Oh, no, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> he did. Actually, he did 139 episodes. 139, mm. right? He did 139 episodes. Yeah, yeah, but they were that costume was comfortable, very comfortable. You know, I've been doing uh, feature films in high heels, and uh, <laughs> and they're they're hard to work in. Um, and this was lovely. I had just little tiny heels, and, and, and they're basically pants. It was like having a coverall on. 
say, uh, say, Spud. Yes? Well, I myself would love to wear something more comfortable here in the studio. Like, you know, a pair of slacks and maybe a nice polo shirt. It's You often make fun of me wearing my tailored suits. But it, it's the look most people associate with a co-host. So I guess it's my costume. Uh, hey, Barbara, just a moment. Who freaking cares what costume you wear to do a radio show? Well, as they say, you can judge a man by the clothes he wears, and it seems to be working out well for me in my life. Uh, I think it's you can judge a man by the company he keeps. Yeah, and the clothes he wears. I'm pretty sure of that. Oh, so who tailors your suits? They all look like those buy one, get one free deals. Is that the one you have on, the free suit? They should have paid you to take it off their hands, man. That's hey, rude. I got to get back to Barbara. Okay, I'm back. Yeah, I'm here. Um, in 2001, you wrote your memoir, uh, Genie Out of the Bottle. Uh, it's still available, obviously. Uh, and it dealt with your life in Hollywood over the years. This is kind of a topical question. In the, in the current era of purging male figures in position of power that have sexually harassed and maybe uh, and have often assaulted women, I'm guessing you had to deal with this issue yourself. It seems like not much has changed over the years. No, I don't, I don't think anything's changed over the years, but actually I was incredibly lucky. Um, I did not have those problems. I worked with wonderful people, honestly. Um, I think I had a close call, <laughs> but it didn't happen when uh, Howard Hughes wanted to interview me at midnight. Oh. Um, and I, I was then living with, at, the, at the studio club and my, my girlfriend and I, and my roommate, we're all in a Twitter. What are we going to do? What if he calls at midnight? We have to, and we decided we'd go together, the two of us. <laughs> but he didn't call, so it was all right. Wow. Okay. Um, did you ever? Did you ever hang out with him? Oh no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. He'd right. seen me on the lot or something, you know. <laughs> all right, I got gotcha. you. Um, well, you know, in 1988, you were honored with a with a star on the Walk of Fame in Hollywood. Do you ever just drop by and visit your star? I don't drop by, but I have uh, I have been to it a couple of times because uh, fans of mine, uh, one in particular from Germany, uh, has come over and he likes to go look at it. It's cracked. Oh, I'm very got- upset. I <laughs> want to get it fixed. You know, they worked on the subway in Hollywood, and a lot of the uh, uh, of the stars are they need fixing up. We got people need to get on that. Um, well, l- let me ask you, who are your neighbors there? My neighbors on the uh, on the, on the walk. Who's who's oh, nearby? God, I don't know. Well, I'm gonna have to go research that myself, and then okay. I'm gonna announce it on my show. All right. Okay. Well, let me end our conversation by asking my cliche. Uh, my contract actually states I have to ask this. Uh, Barbara <laughs> Eden, what has been your most memorable moment in show business? <laughs> Oh, my Lord, I don't know. Um, I, I can't answer that. I've, I've had so many. Can you just, so anything many. at all Anything at all stand out that, just, that kind of sticks with you over the years? So many things do. I think really meeting Marilyn Monroe oh, wow. was, uh, was one of my, the highlights of, of, oh, well, I guess not my career, really, but my personal life. Right, right. Um, we had the same uh, stand-in oh. at, at Fox, and uh, my stand-in dragged me from the film I was doing over to where Marilyn was do, uh, doing her uh, wardrobe tests, 
and introduced me to her, and she was the most beautiful, sweetest thing I've ever met. She did not disappoint. It was She was as gorgeous and as sweet in person as she is on screen. Wow. Well, thank you for that. Uh, that's, that's a very cool story to hear. All right. Well, I know you have meetings to take and stuff like that, so I'm not going to hold you any longer, but I really want to thank you so much for taking the time to check in with us. It's good talking to you, Spud. There you have it, Miss Barbara <laughs> Eden. For a genuine musical treat, tune in to the, the Spud Goodman Show, radio's famous program that takes you on a magic carpet of melody to a world of beauty. All right, it's musical guest interview time, so please say hello to Madcap Pusher, a lively rock band from Seattle, Washington. Gentlemen, please state your name and instrument that you have an intimate relationship with. <laughs> I'm Micah. I play bass. I'm Carlton. Vox. You play guitar, too. And I, I'm Chris, and I play guitar. I try to play guitar. <laughs> I'm Dylan. I play drums. All right, super. So what is the rough birth date of the band, and how many full-on brawls backstage have there been so far? Slap fights don't count. <laughs> slap fights don't count. So far, no slap fights. Yeah, we... we yeah. Not, no full-on brawls yet? This is the band leader, so he doesn't allow that. Yeah, I keep it. I run a tight ship. All right, whatever. Um, what's what's the number two goal on the Madcap Pusher mission statement? Stadium shows or rock opera? What are we looking at? I just want to be signed. I'd say rock opera before we do stadium shows for sure. Okay, a rock yeah, opera would be pretty shows. awesome, man. Yeah. All right. Like Bowie, you know something is. Okay. Well, may I ask what is the favorite cereal for each of you? I know that's personal stuff, but I have to probe deep here. I'm probing right now as I speak. I'm probing. Rainier beer. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky Charms for the drummer. Ooh, good call. Uh, generic Honey Nut Cheerios for me. Yeah, I don't really eat cereal. Well, oh, those are called uh, Honey Nut O's, right? Yeah. Rainier oh, beer. Honey Nut O's. Right. I'm more right. of a like peanut butter on English muffin guy. So. But I didn't ask about English muffins. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so anyway, all right. Tell so lastly, have any of Slap the members... Fight. Yes. This might be a good time to break out your first one. Um... Okay, but oh, this is my last question. Have any of the members of Madcap Pusher in any way have ever colluded with the Russians? And I can assure you I'm not wearing a wire right now. Go ahead. You can tell. You can talk about this. Not going any further. I slept with a German once. <laughs> I don't think we have, but we would. Eastern <laughs> German? Eastern, yes. I mean, you know. She couldn't yeah. speak a lick of English. Okay. That's kind of a stretch for a Russian connection, <laughs> but I guess we'll have to go with that. All right. Well... Let's get back to the music. What's the name of the next song? Not for nothing. Okay. Give me something I need. Then cut me to bleed. When you want me to leave. Give me something for nothing Always nothing for something If there's nothing I fear I guess it came really clear Give me something for nothing 
guest Shinola Hampton is on the line for you. Okay, very cool. I really dig her and the show she is on Shameless. It is great, but I know you're not familiar with it, so I'm not going to ask you for your opinion. No, I am not familiar with Shameless, but I I could have at least googled it if I was given a show schedule. Can I please get one? Hell no, you can't. No can do. But I wouldn't you know, bother Googling the show now, uh, as I don't think you would enjoy it. I don't think so. It's just not exactly the Waltons are touched by an angel. Oh, all right. Well, thanks for the heads up, and here she is. Please greet actress Shinola Hampton from the Showtime series Shameless, which airs each Sunday night at 9, 8 central. Thanks for calling into our program. Oh, thank you, Spud. It's good to be here. Yeah. So I'm going to admit I'm a fan as I've seen every episode up to this, the the new season eight. So how much more is there in the life experiences of the Gallagher family and friends to explore? My gosh, all the characters on the show have been through quite a bit, man. They really have been. I think that that's what's really great about it. When you're dealing with a reflection of, of human life, so you're always on a journey. You're always having some sort of struggle. Relationships are constantly changing. How much is left? Well, season eight won't disappoint, and we'll see what happens beyond that. But I'm telling you, you still get to go on journeys with each and every character. And what's really nice, if you're a fan like you have, and you've been with us from the beginning, and watch everybody grow and go through those struggles, you'll just be uh, energized by being at a different place with each character. Super. Well, you know, William H. Macy's character, Frank Gallagher, might be the best poster boy for that old uh, just-say-no anti-drug thing. Uh, How's he still alive on this show, even with the liver transplant? He's looked DOA for a couple seasons now. I'm worried. Yes. Well, that's the thing about it, and I actually have an uncle like this, but that's the thing about Frank. Frank has nine lives. He's like a cat that you can't get rid of. He's a cockroach. Yeah. So it's just he has so many lives, and I think when you have... A 
part of it is Frank just lives his life. And there's something without inhibition. He just lives. And I think that's part of what keeps him alive. Well, all right. Well, you know, Chanel, as, as the show's based on a, a British show, uh, Shamelesses, and, and I mentioned it features characters who are quite flawed, to say the least, did the producers ever have to run the material before a stupid focus group to just see how far they could take the antisocial behavior the first or second season? Because I'm having to deal with that myself right now. Um, absolutely not. And I think if they had to run into a focus group, half of things would make it suit on the air. Showtime has been such a wonderful home with, for us and letting us just do whatever. The things that you see on our show are so outside of the box. When we get scripts, we're like, oh no, we can't be doing that. Are we really going there? Are we really going there? That's a constant thing that we're always saying. So there's no focus group. The focus group is the audience when they actually see it. And believe me, people on social media will let you know. Yeah, all right, okay. Well, they care? No, it's shameless. <laughs> all right. That's right. That's right. Well, as you play V, uh, the Gallagher's neighbor and best friend, uh, Emmy Rossum's uh, Fiona character, is there anyone in real life you drew from for, for that role? Uh, no, for Veronica. Veronica came almost too naturally in a way for me. I, I just read her and I got her from the moment that I read the script. I know what it's like to be a loyal friend and, and to love fiercely and to just say it like you mean it. And that way we're very similar. We're different in our hustle, but very similar in the characteristics of human, the human characteristics. But I, I didn't draw from anyone. And what happened is Emmy Rossum and I in real life had such a connection that we were able to translate a lot of Veronica and Fiona's relationship on the screen. And so it's been a really easy dynamic, and it's been, we're not one of those people that have a lot of messy girl fights and stuff like that on the set. That's not our set at all. It's a real family. Sounds very sedate. Wow, okay, all right. Um, <laughs> so you were a face model. This, was, this interested me. Uh, for the video Left oh, yeah. for Dead 2, what the heck does a face model do? A face model gives face, honey, and they oh. capture it. So when, oh. when she is on the game and she's angry, then you have my face being angry and you walk around and they really take, it's actually harder than you would think. You have to put your face down in this thing and they take multiple pictures of you doing different reactions. It was quite fun. I, I would like to be like in the Left 4 Dead movie though. I want to be an action hero. So that would be really cool. Well, you know, if they have craft services for face models, I would give it a shot myself, even though I do have a radio face. I mean, because they might need someone's face to like melt or something. So I, I should check that out. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> All right, well, let me, let me ask you this. Shinola Hampton, something has gone horribly wrong on Earth, all right? And, and you have to go to an undisclosed bunker for a couple years. It can only, you can only take one album or CD with you. What would it be for you? Oh, it would be something gospel. I'm, <laughs> it would be something gospel. All right. Well, or think, country. I country? only listen to gospel country. Country, okay. Well, I think for me it'd be James Brown's greatest hits because it doesn't have any filler on it, which is which is nice, but you don't have to, like, fast forward. And, <laughs> right. Okay, well, um... As, 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 say, say, Spud. Yes? Well, you have never asked me that question when we hang out together. You know, what record I would choose if I was going into a bunker for an extended period of time? It's a good one. Uh, hey, Shinola, just a moment. Hang out together? We we do not hang out together. Well, okay, maybe we've been thrown together, you know, for some odd reason occasionally, but we do not hang out together. So, do you, do you want to know? 
Want to know what? What record I would choose. It, it would have to be Bread's Greatest Hits. Every song is amazing. Oh, oh, and for me, it would be MC5's Kick Out the Jams killer album. Okay, are you guys done with the rate of record thing? Yeah. Mm. Okay, I gotta get back to Shinola, okay? L let me ask you this, uh, and let me wrap this thing for you. I know you got stuff to do. Uh, what's been your most memorable moment uh, doing Shameless? Mm, there's a lot of memories that we've been able to create in eight seasons. My favorite scene that I've shot was when Kev's wife came back and I got to be in a full-blown fight all the way from the kitchen to the living room. <laughs> that was a rip. That was my favorite scene. No stunt people. I did those, every take by myself. So that's been one of my favorite. Anytime we're in Chicago all together, my favorite memories are Chicago dinners when we're just together as a family and laughing and eating, which we love to do. Uh, those are some of my favorite memories. I love my cast so much. All right. All right. Super. All right, well, let me remind everyone that Shameless is back for Season 8 now on Showtime, Sundays at 9, 8 Central. I have enjoyed our conversation very much. Thank you, Fred. It's nice speaking with you. There you have it, Ms. Shinola Hampton. Network suits. Network suits can often be a bit obnoxious and on a bad day cause quite a fuss by throwing things and starting to cuss. They mostly ride in luxury cars, never the bus, and go ballistic if their hair should must. I've never met a real network suit. The closest I've gotten is talking to the customer service representative at my cable company. Honey, look at this! This is the Spud Goodman Show. My, how time flies! Spud, yeah. do you really think that Focus Group would recommend that the show go with an attractive young female co-host? Well, yeah, I, I won't lie. That possibility you tossed out is causing me some internal strife. Stop being weak! Hell yes, I think that could happen. If they showed any Focus Group in this country a photo of you and then a photo of some hot woman, who do you think they would vote for? Oh no, I hate to say it, but he's right. We are all screwed. Talent and experience should rule pure over physical beauty. Oh, well, what yeah. has happened to our society? Are we that shallow? Courtney, Chloe. Are you serious? Have you watched any football games on TV? How many old geezer dudes do you see doing those sideline reporting gigs? Come on, they're all babes. It's like Harvey Weinstein is running every football broadcast crew in America. Spud, I hope you're not insinuating women don't know football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Because I know all about running brutes. I am glued to college football all day on Saturdays. And, of course, I have the NFL Red Zone on Sundays. Y you know, upon further reflection, this whole focus group is so wrong. I, I never really considered the full ramifications of what it could lead to. We really, we've got to stand up and voice our concerns. I mean, they're listening right now, right now while we're live. So we need to present the case that we are not just invisible components of a 
radio show. But we, we are. We have families and responsibilities. But I've never been fired from a job in my life. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Being fired is what happens after you get hired in the radio industry. I've only survived this long myself because this show is so small and insignificant, <laughs> no one cared about it. That all changed when our current executive producer got hired. Oh, Spud, I don't think the sympathy angle will be successful. Begging to keep one's job has never, ever worked. The only thing that does is a good attorney. Well, that may be true. And, you know, I'm pro-union all the way, too, but I doubt... Even, you know, if that's even going to help if we formed one. I, I just don't think that's going to help. Uh, Spud, this note is for you. Uh, okay, and it's Mr. Goodman to you and the other interns. Whatever. Huh. Um, let me look at this. Um, this, this is not good. What does it say? Um, okay, I guess that focus group hated the show. They just quit and left the hotel room. The tribe has spoken. Man, oh, the show's not even over. How weak is that? I oh, mean, it yeah. could have at least stayed a few more minutes until I signed off. Boy, what a bunch of candy is. Well, you know, I don't condone the use of profanity, Mrs. Jarvis, well, sorry. but yes, they were not very professional. Now there's going to be hell to pay from our illustrious executive producer as she just wasted a bunch of money. Who besides me is skipping the staff meeting tomorrow? This is going to be cool. <laughs> Oh, you know I never go to those. Now, now, listen, let's not get hasty here, guys. I will be at that staff meeting, and I'll voice all of our concerns there. If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be uh, great. You know, it's a horrible business decision to abandon what is now a very talented radio team. We are really good together. Gosh darn it. Uh, yes. Um, no, no offense to you both, but I don't know how good we really are if you want to get down to it. I, I'm just saying it's possible there are some parts of the team that could be upgraded a bit. Well, I know you're not referring to your last surviving aunt, right? Well... Family should count yeah. for something. N no need to replace you, Aunt Dorothy. Good. You, you are still at your age a very capable designated laugher. You have not lost a step huh? yet. Oh, yeah. oh, at, oh, at oh, my yeah. age? I get it. Dump the non-family member from the team. Nice. What process did you use to determine that I'm the one who has to go? Any. Maybe. Miney. Mo. Well, you, you could stand to upgrade your game, but hey, I'm not well, the one who actually makes those decisions. You, you best, you know, start kissing butt <laughs> of you know who quite aggressively. I know she's fond of designer purses, too. You might want to write that down. Uh, but hey, right now, I need to end this show as we're out of time. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be. Yeah, Lori Matson. Lori Matson. if you or any of those in the focus group members are still listening, I have the highest degree of respect for all of you. Don't, don't interrupt I, me while I'm doing my clothes, man. Uh, Where was I? Oh, yeah. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Once again, here is Madcap Pusher. Break it all.
Produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions and recorded at NWCZ Radio. Engineer Mike Renville, executive producer Lori Madsen. Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Associate producer and video director TJ Pites. Production assistants Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent Rob McGee, David Deer, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2017 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. Love, sweat, tears, and all the way.